I'm so excited that you all are here tonight. I'm so, if I can just have, make sure everybody is here in the first four rows. First four rows. Leaders, help me out with that. Thank you. Thank you, Julian. You're wearing all green. Can I get into it? Can I just go right into it? I don't care about being funny tonight because the Holy Spirit's here and I just want to get into it. Do you know... One of my favorite Disney Channel movies from 2001 is a movie called The Luck of the Irish. Does anybody do you, do you know what it is? The Luck of the Irish is a great movie. If you don't know it, you need to watch it. And ultimately, it's this guy who finds out that he's a leprechaun. He's got leprechaun blood in his veins. But he had this gold coin that wherever he went, he just was the man. He had good luck. Everybody say luck. Everybody say luck. He just had good luck. And one day, somebody took that lucky coin from him that was passed down from his family, and then all of a sudden, he had bad luck. Say bad luck. Just bad things started happening. The rest of the movie, I'm not going to spoil it for you because I want you to watch it. But it's this whole idea that his life, the situations that happened in his life, was governed not by his own choices, but by something else. I want to talk to you tonight. Go ahead and throw that first slide up there. Tonight's message is called On Purpose. Say On Purpose. Say On Purpose. Because I want to expose luck and chance, and I want to help you discover your purpose in Christ. Let's look at a definition real quick, real quick. Can I, can I give you some definition? Can I give you some knowledge? Check this out. Luck and chance are defined like this. Chance considered as a force that causes good or bad things to happen. A force. Just something, an energy, like Star Wars or whatever. Here's another definition of luck and chance. Success or failure apparently brought by chance rather than through one's own actions. It just happens. Some people are super lucky, right? You won the lotto, lucky, okay? I don't know, because people that win the lotto, you kind of see later on their life is ruined. Anyways, right? You see it. It's true, right? So I don't know how lucky. So this idea that things happen to us, that we're just here because by chance or by luck, I say it's a lie. And I say it's false. And I say it's counter to what God has called you to be and be a part of in your life. I want to remind you tonight as we just get right into it, say, get into it. Turn to your neighbor and say, he, he going in. Turn to the other one and say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Turn to the person behind you and say, shh. <laughs> I want to remind you tonight that you and I have a purpose. You and I have a purpose. And it's important to understand something that where there is purpose, there is problems. Because if you didn't know this, we have an enemy. And that enemy hates when you and I discover and lean in to our purpose. You know, he likes to have these Problems masquerade as lies. Lies that sound good. Lies that portray themselves as truths. Lies that kind of are half-hearted words that we just say because we don't fully understand what's happening. And so you and I buy into these lies and I'm here to expose them and remind you of the truth tonight because your life is just not happening by chance or luck. Your life is not just happening. It is ordained by God. It is planned by him. He has his hand on you. When we just throw up our lives to just chance or luck, obviously it's St. Patrick's Day. That's why I'm talking about this. But I felt this in my spirit after watching Luck of the Irish. When we say things just happen, I'm just not lucky, or they're just super lucky, or I don't know, I just chance is not on my side, all those sayings. Do you want to know what we're saying? It's saying God's not in control. We're saying God's not in control, but our God is in control. He holds all that we are in the palm of his hands, and I'm thankful that he has a grip on our lives. We'll never slip through the cracks of his fingers. He's got us because he is in control, and he has a plan and a purpose for you. He is the truth. So check this out. Here's what luck and chance say about our purpose in different areas of our lives, right? So we're going to go through these things really quick. So if you're taking notes, and I hope you are because... World changers take notes. Leaders take notes. If you're serious about your walk with Jesus, you want to take notes because when he talks, that's something to write down. Here we go. Y'all ready? Say, I'm ready. See, luck and chance say this. 
I just evolved out of nothing and we're just here. Right? But the truth is, throw it up. The truth is, I am here on this planet on purpose. I am here. I'm not, I'm not going to get into an evolution talk. Right? That's for a whole another time. But what I am saying is that you are here on this planet for a purpose. You are here. See, the devil wants nothing more than to convince you that you merely exist. If he can get you to believe that you just breathe, that's it, then he's won. He wants you to buy into the lie that the universe spat you out and your only purpose in life is to breathe oxygen and not die. That's it. And you'd be surprised that that's how some of us live our lives. Listen, I'm just here to, to stay breathing, stay fed, and not die. That's it. That's kind of all I have going on for me. And that is a lie. That's a lie. Because where there is creation, there is a creator. And where there is art, there's an artist. You are created by someone who loves and adores you. You were made for a purpose. You were created with love and beauty and creativity and the devil can't take that away from you but what you can do is give it away. You can give away your worth and you can give away your purpose to the things that obviously don't fulfill you. You can give it away but by buying into this lie. But look at the truth. The truth says in Psalm 139 it says this, throw it up. I praise you because I am what? Fearfully and what? What's the last word? Made. Made. He made you wonderfully. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. God has created you. You are not an accident, despite what somebody has said to you or despite what you believe about yourself. God sees you and he sees that you're beautiful. You're, you're gorgeous to him. When he looks at you, he smiles when he thinks of you, when he prays for you. He smiles. God loves you. He loves you. Our next lie that we encounter from luck and chance, luck and chance say this. I am at my school because it's just where I live, and it's the only school I applied for. But the truth is, I'm here at my school on purpose. Say, on purpose. On purpose. Because What? This is our mission field, right? We've preached this time and time again. Your mission field. Some of you that are called to missionaries, to be a missionary. Before God sends you to a country, do you want to know the most perfect place that you could start? Is in the halls of your school. I remember going to senior night at Lakeview High School. Is Alyssa here? No, she's not here today. Going to cheer on the Lakeview girls, some of the students that come here. And I remember walking down the halls and Gio was with me. Who else was with me? David was with me. And I was walking up. Primo was there because you worked there. <laughs> I remember walking down the halls and in my heart I felt the stirring. And the words that came out of my mouth was, Lord, give us a school. Give us a school. And I, I touched some of the lockers and just said, Lord, if you could just make an impact on one person, it's all it takes. Now we've got a Christian club waiting to be developed in that school. That is your mission field. You're not just at your school because you couldn't get into whatever school you wanted to get into. You're there for a purpose. You're there for a reason. It's our mission field. It's the place where we live out our lives with our friends. Question. How are we using our faith to make a difference in the lives of our friends on campus? Because our purpose as a believer, is for others to see God in us, to see the Christ in us. Look at Romans 1, 1, 16. Everybody knows this one. Thank you, Lecrae. For I am not what? Ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. It is not you that brings salvation. And what the devil would love for us to think is that it's up to us and our own ability. No, it's his power that brings salvation to everyone who believes. God just wants your yes. You're at your school for a purpose. Look at 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. Next verse. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work. 
Listen to this. Chosen to be holy people, God's instruments to do His work and speak out for Him, to tell others, watch this, of the night and day difference He made for you. From nothing to something, and from rejected to accepted. If you're a believer in Christ, this is, leave that verse up there. If you're a believer in Christ, this is exactly how we share the gospel. This is who I was, and I'm not anymore because of Jesus. But here's the deal. They have to see that there's a night and day difference. They have to see that because you can say it all you want, but they have to see the night and day difference in your life from nothing to something. No one wants to be nothing. Even the one kid that likes to joke like that, like that super emo kid at school, right? Like, I'm nothing. Hawthorne Heights, right? Whatever. Like, y'all don't know who that is. It's okay. Right? People are like, oh, I'm nothing. And it's like cool to be that. But deep down inside, everybody wants to be something. Everybody wants a purpose. No one wants to walk around without purpose. That's what I love about Jesus. He gives us purpose. Here's the next one. Luck and chance say, I'm stuck with the family I have. But the truth is, next slide, I'm in my family on purpose. I'm in my family on purpose. This hit home for me in so many ways. But some of you come week in and week out and listen, like Jesus changes everything, but we leave this place on Thursdays changed or not. Right? There's no in between. And like, is it possible for Jesus to change me every Thursday 100%? 100% cleanse you, rearrange you, restore you. That's change. And a lot of us leave this place the same way we walked in. And that's a shame because like we said earlier, we are in the presence of the all-sufficient one. He can change and do anything. This Jesus, my Jesus, your Jesus. So here's a question again. Does your family see the difference God is making in you? And this is for leaders, pastors, heart song. This is for all of you. Because don't get it twisted, because uh, it, it's, it's tempting for high schoolers and junior highers to think that things will make more sense at the next level. But even though they're in college, they still need to have purpose. And they still need to make a difference. And God is still wanting to do a, a work in their life. They have not arrived. So don't think that getting to college, everything's going to figure itself out. Because how many of us know that's not the answer? Does your family see the difference God is making in you? How about this? Are you in turn making a difference within your family? Can your family see Jesus in you? Can they see Jesus in you? One of my biggest regrets growing up is not understanding that I'm just not in my family by accident. I'm there for a purpose. And in the same way that my parents gave me grace, and gave me mercy, I should have, I should have in return shown them mercy and grace. I think about my dad. I think about him a lot when it comes to seeing Jesus in myself and to my family. And I sometimes thought, you know, now that I'm older, I wonder how my dad remembered me by. Did he remember that I was a brat? frustrated all the time, just an angsty teenager, or does he remember that I loved Jesus, and I loved to sing, and I loved to worship, and I loved to be in his house serving? I know for a fact that's something he thought of, but I always feel like I could have been better at showing Jesus to my family. Your parents need to see Jesus. Do you know that you can make a difference in your family, that it's not just up to your parents? Did you know that? Do you know that's not just up to your dad, although that's something that biblically he's called to do? Do you know that you can have an impact and you can change the direction and the course of your family? Even those of you that have family members and parents that aren't believers. If, if you are the only Jesus that they ever see, what kind of Jesus are they seeing? 
Are they seeing a frustrated, annoyed, easily angered teenager? Or are they going to see somebody that's going to extend grace? Because they have a hard life too. And they're dealing with things just as much as you are. Be Jesus to your family. Can you, can your family see Jesus in you? And for some of you, the only emotion your parents see from you is pettiness or anger or frustration. Look at what scripture says about that. Because let's talk about it. I'm down. James 1.19. Go ahead. Because I love you enough. James 1.19 says this. God's righteousness doesn't grow from human anger. Isn't that crazy? Like, I, I, go, I go to youth ministry on Thursday, and I raise my hands, and I sing, and I jump, and I praise God, and then I get home, and if dinner's not ready, or if it's something that I don't like, all of a sudden, it's like I never went. Hmm. That's interesting. So throw all spoiled, throw. Lawrence says throw. So throw all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil in the garbage. In simple humility, let our gardener, God, landscape you with the word making a salvation garden in your life. So what does a garden do? What does this mean for a second? Produces life, right? Fruits, vegetables, life, things that give life. And so what he's saying here is he wants to help develop a lifestyle and an attitude and a heart that is going to give life, that is going to give peace, that is going to give joy, that is going to give things that are edifying to other people and to yourself. But that can't happen unless you get rid of the garbage. Get rid of the garbage. Listen, some of y'all, there's things in your life and things aren't going the way you wanted it to go. And the reality is, is because you live in garbage. And I'm, I'm preaching to myself. I'm like, man, there's some things I got to get rid of. There's some things I got, I got to clean house. You're like, I wonder why my room smells. Well, it's because your socks from gym class two weeks ago are still sitting under your bed. Get rid of the garbage. Watch this. Get rid of the garbage in your life that is, that is honestly convincing you that you don't have a purpose. And watch God replace that and till the soil and watch him plant a garden in your life that's going to give life to people. What, what else are in gardens? Flowers. I love flowers. What do flowers represent? Beauty. And they smell good. Tell me you don't get flowers and you're still in a bad mood. My wife, Pastor Ariel, loves flowers. And I'm like, she, I, one day I was like, if I got you flowers every day, like, would it still matter? Like, would you just get used to it and be like, yay, roses, right? She's like, no, you can get me flowers every day and I will be happy. I need to do better at that, babe. Get you flowers. But be Christ to the people in your family. Even the ones that you don't like. Luck and chance also say this. I only go to church because my parents or friends go. But the truth is this. I'm a part of my church on purpose. I'm a part of this church on purpose. Your parents just don't go to this church. You go to this church. You go here. This is your family. This is a home away from home. This is a place where you can belong. The gathering of like-minded believers, you and me. The church exists to do what? To encourage and inspire others to live holy lives, to do life together. When we live life in community with other believers, we are able to hold each other accountable. That's what XL Plus groups are about. It's just not another way to get you out of your house to just come to the church to do what I like. I don't take up an offering. I, do I take anything from you? I told you when I, when I first arrived here that my one heart and sole job is to give my life to you guys and create a space that is going to give to you because there's a world that is dead set on taking from you. That's what this community is about with other believers. We're able to, to encourage, uplift, and inspire one another to be the holy priesthood. Look at Hebrews 10, 24-25. Go ahead, throw it on the screen. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near, saying, hey, it's important to be together. 
And if you haven't been to Excel in a while and this is your first time back in a few weeks, I want you to know I missed you. I noticed you were gone. And there's people I could scan this room. I'm glad you're here. When I see you, when I, when, when I see you guys, it's one of the first things I say, hey, I'm glad you're here. Because I'm glad you're here. Because I know there's no better place for you to be than here in God's presence. Here in a place where you'll be encouraged and uplifted. Here's something else. And, and myself and Emily Waterman were talking about. Shout out to Emily Waterman. <laughs> I like, Sal just got up and left. He's like, oh, Emily. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> Check this out. We were talking. We were talking about this message, and she, she touched on something that I was like, I'm going to borrow that. So this is from Emily Waterman's heart to yours, all right? Because here's, here's what it is. A lot of us think that because you aren't where you want to be or you have no idea what you want to do with your life, you think you have no purpose. But something she said that sparked something inside of me is that your position doesn't define your purpose. Next slide. But your purpose defines your position. Meaning, meaning, if you allow whatever situation you're in to affect your thoughts and your life and what you think God is and who you think God is and what it is you're supposed to do, most of the time, your feelings are going to lead your faith. And our feelings do this, right? I say it all the time. Don't allow your faith to follow your feelings, but allow your feelings to follow your faith because what you believe in your faith, the Bible, the truth doesn't change. And it hasn't. It's the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Meaning if I know my purpose, no matter what position I'm in, no matter what position my family is in, I'll be able to be used by God and be exactly who he's called me to be. Broke is not your purpose. Having, having less is not your purpose. And I know a lot of us get caught up in, well, I don't have this material thing or I don't have that material thing. And we're on social media and we're seeing all these people with all these things. And we think that for some reason, because they have a lot that their purpose is greater than ours or they have more purpose than we do and that's not the case at all. Whatever position you find yourself in tonight, you have a purpose in it. To show people around us that Christ is in us, that the Christ that we serve, the Christ that we love, that loves us is in us. I had a few thoughts on how I wanted to go about the rest of the night but I have such a passion for this neighborhood. When Pastor Joey offered us his job, I started praying for Belmont Cragen. Now, I pray for Chicago. Don't, don't get me wrong. Nothing really in the South Side. I'm just playing. It's not true. It's not true. Not true at all. Not true. Because I'm a North Side junkie, so it's all right. No, I pray for the city of Chicago, but God, God called Ariel and I to Belmont Cragen, and I'm passionate about Belmont Cragen. I'm passionate about this, this city. I'm passionate about this neighborhood, and, and I want people to know that Jesus loves them. It's just flat out what I want to do. It's why we put Jesus loves you on our hoodies. It's why I wear it wherever I go. The other day, I won't share the details of the story, but I heard a scream from down the street, and a man was attacking a woman happened to be a guy and a girl they were dating and I threw well I yelled upstairs because I jumped into action I saw somebody needed help it was kind of dumb I probably shouldn't have done it but I did it put my Crocs on put them in sport mode threw threw on the Super Mario t-shirt that you guys got me for my birthday I got in the car and I headed a block away long story short we got the situation covered and I got to talk to these two individuals. And he even hit my car. But the car's okay and he's okay. But I got to talk to them and sit down, freezing. I told him, whatever life that you think you have to live, it's not going to satisfy you. I could call the police. 
I could have shot you. I could have body slammed. I could have done a lot of things to this fool for, for grabbing this girl and hitting her and things like that. Well, didn't hit her, just grabbed her to get her in the car. Long story short, say, you have a purpose, and this is not it. And if you ever need somebody to talk to, my name is Pastor Israel. I'm a youth pastor at Belmont AG on Belmont and Austin. And I know we probably won't see each other again, but whatever this is, it's not it. And it's only going to lead you two places. And he had told me, this guy, he's like, I don't want to go back to prison. Please don't call. I said, listen to me. I'm going to give you a chance, and I don't want you to ever forget it. Because this may be your last one. So you're going to end up two places. You've already been to the first one. The next one you're not coming back from. But there's a life that's more for you. And it only comes from a man named Jesus. And if you want to know who that man is, because they were ready to leave, so you could come find me on Belmont Austin, a church called Belmont Assembly of God by the dog stop. I would love to hang out and talk to you. I don't know what happened after that. I know that they got in the car and they left. But we can't just show Jesus to the people that we know would accept it. We can't just show Jesus to the people that we know for a fact would just listen to us for a few minutes. I want to be Jesus to everybody that I meet. Because it may be their last time. And I can't afford for them at any moment to not, if they encounter me, here's my passion tonight. And here's my passion for you. Is this purpose. What's the purpose that Peter is talking about in this? He is saying our purpose, your purpose, my purpose is for people to see Christ in us. I'm not talking about a plan. Whether God's plan for you is to go to college, shout out to Evangel, whether God wants you to go here or there or join the army or whatever it is that you see whoever do. I'm not talking about your plan. I'm talking about your purpose. And your purpose as a believer is to be Jesus to somebody else. Because what if, what if that guy heard me and that girl heard me and they show up on Sunday? God, let it happen. What if they find another church and later on they say, this guy could have sent me back to jail, but he gave me a chance and told me there was more for me. There are people in your life that need to know that there is more for them, that they aren't here on accident, that they're not here by luck or by chance, that they're here because there's a God in heaven who has designed them wonderfully, fearfully, and beautifully, and that there's a purpose and plan for their life. Is that you? Is that your purpose? And if it's not tonight... I'm here to encourage you that God wants to use you. He wants to use you. He's going to delight in using you. Again, it's not your power that's going to save anybody. The reality is, students, we can't save nobody. Because we even know that even on a Christian campus, there's people that need to see the real Jesus. There's people that need to see the real Jesus, not the Jesus of Instagram that is judgmental and petty and exclusive, but the Jesus of the Bible that loves everyone, that accepts everyone, that washes away our sins, that feeds us, clothes us, and that calls us by name. That's the Jesus that you and I need to show people. So what is your purpose? Because you have a purpose. Your purpose in life as a Christian now, as a son and daughter of the Most High King, is to show Jesus to every person you meet, especially your dad. Because I just feel there's people in here that you got into an argument with your dad before you got here today. And you may have said some things out loud or in your mind or in your heart that probably were not nice. And I feel in my heart that it, it hurt your dad today. I'm calling you to be Jesus to him and ask for forgiveness and show him the forgiveness that he deserves. Whoever that's for, that's for you. I want to read you as I'm closing. Go ahead, team. Go ahead, team. Unless y'all want to respond to this. Go ahead, throw First Peter on the screen, my last slide. Here's the Jesus that we serve. Check this out. I read this today. It was amazing. This is the kind of life you've been invited into. The kind of life Christ lived. He suffered everything that came his way so that you would know 
that it could be done and also know how to do it step by step. Next slide. He never did one thing wrong. No one said anything amiss. Not one said anything amiss. They called him every name in the book, and he said nothing back. He suffered in silence, content to let God set things right. Next slide. He used his servant body to carry our sins to the cross so that we could be rid of sin, free to live the right way. His wounds became our healing. Thank you, Jesus. You were lost sheep with no idea who you were or where you were going. But now, now you're named and kept for good by the shepherd of your souls. This is the calling Peter encourages all to accept. The world needs to see Christ in us. So what's our purpose? This is our purpose. This is why we're here. That they may see your good deeds, God. And glorify him on the day of his coming. With every head bowed and eyes closed. Some of you here. I'm going to talk to one, uh, one group specific. There's some of you here, and you, if I were to ask you if you were saved, you would say, I don't know. Say, I don't know. And you come here, and you've been here, but you personally don't have a relationship with Jesus. For whatever reason, you think that you're not good enough, that he can't love someone like you, that he doesn't love people that do the things you do, for whatever reason you've bought into that lie, I'm here to tell you that you're wrong. I'm so glad you're wrong. I'm glad that he sees you, he loves you, and he's chosen you. He has chosen you. And he wants to help you. He wants to help you. I'm waiting, and he's waiting for you to take this serious. Because your life depends on it. Our lives depend on it. The people around it, their lives depend on it. So if you're here and you want to continue to discover the purpose that is in your life that God has called on you, because it's impossible to show Jesus to somebody if Jesus isn't in you. It's impossible to show Jesus to people if you don't know what he looks like. But he knows what you look like. He knows your name. You are not nameless. He knows you. And so if you're here and you say, Pastor Izzy, I want to have a deeper conversation about this Jesus and how I can get more serious about him. Meaning, I want to be saved tonight. I want to know for sure that when I walk out of this building, if anything were to happen to me, I know where I'm going. I know that Jesus has saved me. I know that my eternity will be spent in heaven. If that's you, I'm not going to count because, listen, let's just do it. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand. No one looking around. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? I'll wait because I love you and I believe in you. I want the best for you. I want the best for you. I want you to put your hand up. You can put it down. Is there anybody else? You say, I want to get serious. I want to get serious with Jesus this time. I need his help. I see that hand. Awesome. Anybody else? I see that. That's awesome. That's amazing. That's amazing. Here's what we're going to do. In your seat, in your seat, if you all can just repeat after me. And those of you who raised your hand, I want you to say this prayer. And if you can mean this with all of your heart. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you were to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ died and rose again, that you would be saved. That's it. No amount of coming to church, no amount of giving, no amount of anything. It's just this right here. So we can all pray it together. Let's all say it out loud. Say, dear Lord Jesus, dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and in my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and my Savior. 
my purpose, my life, my heart belongs to you. I love you. And I know you love me. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, come on, let's give it up for those who made it. Come on, let's give it up. Listen, if you raised your hand and you said that prayer, I want you to find me after service. I want to give you a Bible if you don't have one. I want to help you walk alongside this. I want to introduce you to an XL Plus leader who wants to do life with you. But for the rest of us, for the next few minutes, I want to do something. Guys, can you grab this for me? I want all of us to respond to the altar. If you could just bring it up here. I want all of us to do it. One band, one town. Because we're family here. And I know this might be uncomfortable, but honestly, I could care less about you being comfortable when it comes to your soul. I could care less about you being comfortable when it comes to God wanting to do something in your life. So if we can do this, and leaders help me out with this, I want all of you to stand to your feet, and I want you to find a place up front. I want you to spread out all the way. Come on, everybody out. Pastor Chris challenged me last Friday about making the altar not optional. It was at an altar like this on Addison and Lockwood that I gave my heart to Jesus. Just a few blocks from here. There's something special about this. Yeah, we can spread all the way out. This is amazing. Just look to your left and right. We're doing this together. We're going to play, and y'all can sing a little bit. Probably that last song or whatever song you had planned. What song did you have planned? Love. Available is perfect. I love that song. We do that song a lot, so it's great. So here's what we're going to do, because I'm going to coach you in this moment. I talked about four lies and four truths. We're going to pray for those four things. We're going to pray for our city, our schools, our families, and our church. The Bible says the prayers of the righteous, you and I, the prayer of God's people, God's children, the Bible says they are powerful and effective. King James says they availeth much. There's power in it. There's power in it. So they're going to sing, and then I'm going to have certain people come up, some of my leaders and students come up and pray. And when we do that, it's a prayer point. So I want you to pray for what they're praying about. But right now, if we could do this, go ahead, close your eyes, go ahead and lift your hands. Just continue to invite the Holy Spirit in this space. Lord, we love you. We know that you're here. So I'm going to pray, and then we can sing a little bit. And then in the middle of the song, I'm just going to come up, and we're going to do some prayer points. So let me pray, and we'll start. Lord, in this moment, have your way. Have your way in this place. Have your way in this altar. We respond to you. We respond to this purpose. We respond to your love. We respond to your gifting of of the Holy Spirit and ask you to have your way. We make ourselves available in this moment. We make ourselves available now. There's nothing more important than right here, this moment. Come on, let's pray. Let's continue to pray.
sweet enough to pray an honest prayer we thought of you because you're sweet and I know you love God and I know you love Jesus and I know you talk to him right she does she does y'all should see her in JV she's like I know every answer I want to pray for our church I don't want this church to grow for the sake of numbers I want this church to grow because it's one less person out there wandering around lost without hope without vision without a place to belong I want this place to be I want multiple services I want multiple services because I know God wants multiple services I know he wants to fill his house and so I'm going to call you to pray for this church to pray for Belmont Assembly of God I'm not asking you to pray for Excel I'm asking you to pray for the church the church as a whole because we are Belmont we are not a separate ministry we're not a separate church we are the church so Kayla's gonna pray so I, when she prays I want you to pray leaders lead the way pray out loud make sure if she's a little quiet make sure we'll just boost her up okay you ready to pray come on let's pray for our church right now go ahead and start go ahead and start Lord have your way pray for the church. God, I pray for growth. I pray that you would just be here in all of our services, God, that you would show the people here, the adults, the children, the youth, that they can they can go out there and they can invite people and that their, their school, their workplace, that's their mission field, God, and that they can reach those people, God, and give them the motivation and give them the courage to do that, God, and I pray that you would just be there with them every step of the way, God. Just love on them and show them that you're there, God. Even when it's hard, that you're that shelter that they can go to. Even when it's hard and even when the storms come, that you can, they can take shelter under you, God. That you would just, yeah, that you would, that you would provide growth within the church, not just in numbers, but also spiritually, God. As everyone has their own path and they grow their own way, God, that you would just bring them closer to you, God. Even when it's hard, that you're gonna be there during the battles, God, because you're victorious and you win every battle, God. And so you would expand this church and you would just bring peace to every one of us, that you would ignite that flame in us, God, that you would just, that you would just be there and that you would love us on us and that you would just help us to do what we need to do, that you would show us what our purpose is and that no matter what, you are there, God, and that you are with us, God. You are always with us, God, even when it's hard, God, that, that you'll be there rooting us on and cheering us on so that we don't have anything to worry about and anything to be afraid of. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, that's awesome. That's a jaywalker right there. Her faith is a treasure. I'm going to have Gio come up. I'm going to pray for another thing. There's... When I think of somebody that loves this city, there's a few people I think of, and Gio is one of them. Gio loves being from Chicago. I think of like Gio, I think of Primo, I think of Pastor Joey, who I call the mayor of Chicago. People don't know that, but Pastor Joey's the mayor of Chicago. When you come to Chicago, you got to check in, right? Don't pray for our city, every side, and ask God to have a spiritual awakening in the city of Chicago. And that if he could use us to impact the city in whatever way possible. So go ahead, start praying for Chicago. Come on, start praying for the west side. Start praying for the north side, the south side. 
Downtown, come on. Every neighborhood. If you know a neighborhood, speak that neighborhood out right now. Belmont Cragen. Come on. If you're in another neighborhood, speak it out. Pray for that neighborhood right now. God, I just... I lift up Chicago right now to you, Father. God, I just, I pray against any reputation that Chicago has had for whatever many years, Lord God. I just pray against this curse that Chicago has had, that we are a city of murder, that we are a city that's dangerous, that we are a city that's all these things, Lord God. I pray against those labels, Lord God, that the enemy has tried to label Chicago, Lord. And God, I just pray that we can we can change that, Lord God. God, I believe that a revival isn't coming, that it is here right now, Lord God. And God, I just pray that that's over the city, Lord God, that it's not confined by these four walls, that it's not confined by Asbury, Kentucky, Lord God, that it's not confined by other places, Lord God, that it goes all throughout this city, Lord. God, I just know that you're doing a move in this city, Lord God, and God, I believe in it, Lord God, and God, we're all for it, Lord God. We are not going to stay here and just worship you by ourselves, Lord God. We are going to put the word out into the city, Lord God. We are going to trust in you that you're going to give us the words to speak. You are going to show us who to speak to, Lord God. You are going to show us who to pray for, Lord Jesus. God, I just pray against all the bad reputation, Lord God, all the negativity, Lord God. God, even on the gloomy days, Lord God, when people feel down and out, Lord God, I pray for your choice the city, Lord God, for your love to overflow in this city, Lord Jesus. God, I pray, Father, for every single individual from Chicago, Lord God, every single individual that has moved out because of fear, Lord God, that are moving in, Lord God, and in fear, Lord God, I pray that there just it be an increase of faith, Lord God, and a decrease of fear, Lord Jesus. God, I just pray against whatever the enemy's trying to do to lock up Chicago and confine it by whatever they think it is, Lord Jesus. God, I pray for a breakthrough in Chicago, Lord God. I pray for open doors in Chicago, Lord God. I pray for individual in this place, Lord God. God, we're not just living here, Lord God. We're not just in it, Lord God. We, we, God, we're going to spread your word, Lord God. And I pray, Father, that the pride we take in Chicago doesn't just stay within us, Lord God. God, we, we take pride, Lord God, so we're going to go out into these streets and love on every single person, Lord God. It's not just between our families, Lord God. It's not just about our friends, Lord God, but it's every single individual, Lord God, from the east to the west, from the south to the north, Lord God. God, I just pray for every single corner of Chicago, even the outskirts of Chicago, Lord God. Let it into the suburbs, Lord Jesus. God, we trust in you. We believe in you that you are going to do a work, Lord God, that you are going to do a movement, Lord God. And God, we want to be a part of it, Lord God. We want to be in the middle of it, Lord God. Preaching your name, preaching your word, Lord God. Speaking Jesus to every single street, Lord God. And God, I just pray that it starts here, Lord God. I pray that it starts here right now, Lord God, and we don't just keep it here, Lord God, but we spread it to every single corner of this city, Father. God, we thank you, and we love you, God, and we are ready for all that you're going to do for this city, Father. It's in your holy name that I pray. Amen. Thank you, Gio. Thank you, Gio. Two more. You still with me? Come on, you still with me, Hua? Hua? Because prayer's power. Prayer's power. It's not just time to fill. I believe the prayer that we just prayed for the city of Chicago is going to make an impact. I believe God is going to answer that prayer. I believe it. Like, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. God's going to do it, and he wants to use you. Who do I got next? Julia, where's Julia? Julia, come on up. Come on up. We pick her because she works at a school, and I know a lot of some of you do as well. But you get to see students day in and day out. And I don't know how you do it because emotionally I walk through the halls of a school and like I'm 30 and part of me wishes I was back in high school with the same passion that I have because I wouldn't have wasted another minute, another hour. I feel like I could have done more, but you can do more right now. And so all of you go to a school, unless you're homeschooled and that's still your school. So you're going to pray for your home and your mom, who is your teacher, your principal, a warden, whatever you want to say. <clears throat> and we're going to pray for our schools because you're at your school what? On purpose. You're at your school on purpose. God wants to use you on your campus. God wants to use you on your campus. He is already using you. God wants to use you. And so Julie's going to pray for our schools that God would raise up students, that God would raise up teachers, that teachers would come to know Jesus because of a student. I pray that, and then whatever else you feel. Come on, let's pray for, pray for your school right now. 
Come on, I want you to pray out loud for your school. Come on, if you go to Taft, say, Lord, I pray for Taft right now. Mary Lyon, Lane Tech, Lakeview, Sures. I can go down the list. Come on, pray for your school. Chicago Academy, that's right around the corner. There's no reason that Chicago Academy isn't impacted by an Excel student. Lord, we pray for St. Patrick's next door. We come before you and we lift up each and every one of our schools. We lift up the teachers who have frustrated us. We lift up the other students who we feel are so far from you, God. We lift up the administration that we feel who have put up blocks that we can't pass up, God. We are lifting all of that to you because there's no obstacle before you that is too high. There's no soul too far gone. There's no adult that you can't reach, God. Who cares our age, our grade, God, if you are calling us for bigger and better things because you are a bigger and better God, it is possible. We know that you are calling us to do the works that you are asking us to do in our buildings, in our schools, in our classrooms. God, we are asking you to give us a mission, God, to give us a word, to speak to another student, to speak to another adult, God. I pray that you give us boldness to never doubt ourselves, God. You are using us in mighty and powerful ways, God. I pray that you begin to put faces and names into each one of our hearts so that we begin to pray for them. And then as we pray for them, God, I pray that you give us the words to say to them. And as we say those words, God, I pray that a stirring is born in their souls, God, because we need you. They need you, God. I pray that you give us grace upon grace for them, God. I pray that your presence is just so heavily on us that there's no denying that you are there, God. I pray that the school buildings begin to shake from how heavily you are in there, God. How mightily our steps will be because of you, God. Not because of what we've done, but because of what you're doing. There's no problem that is too big for you, God. I pray that we lay them all down at your feet and we begin to think of those who need you, God. I pray that we are just so heavily broken for your children, for your people, that there's no there's no going back, there's no fear, there's no discouragement. We continue to push, we continue to ask, we begin to start thinking of clubs and ideas for that we can bring your presence into our schools, God. We trust you, we believe in you, we know that we need to do this. This isn't just something we can push off. These are souls, these are your children that you are asking, come, bring them to me. Use them, God. Use us to bring your children to you. And if they don't want to come to Belmont, that's fine. We will bring you to them. We will bring Jesus to them. We will show them the love that you have. We'll begin to show them messages that Pastor Izzy preaches. We'll begin to read the Bible to them. We'll show them our devotionals. We will do whatever it takes, God, to bring them to you. They need you, God. Our hearts are going to break for them. We're going to begin to experience the feelings that they're feeling so that we can know that they absolutely need to know God, a kind father, a loving king, a savior in their lives, God. So begin to just place those names in our hearts, God, so we can submit them to you and you can begin to plant the seeds in their hearts, Jesus. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Actually, I'm not. Two more things, okay? Two more things. Prayer's power. Prayer's power. Where's Riley at? Yeah, come on up here, dude. Riley, I love your worship, man. When you play the guitar, it ministers to me. I see when you smile up here, I can really see that you love Jesus. It's so evident. We, we, don't we talk about it? All the time. Every time we see you up there, your smile and your worship shines brighter than this GLD chain that you got on. I want you to pray for our families. That God would restore families. That God would heal families. That God would bring families into the church. 
that God would use families, that they would use parents, that they would use kids, that God would just have his way in people's families' lives, that these students would be an impact in their home and not wait for anybody else to lead them in a sense of waiting, but that God would mobilize them to reach family members that aren't saved, things like that. So can you pray for your families, you know? All right, now I want you to pray. This could be a sore subject, but I don't care because they need this prayer. Your parents need this prayer we're about to pray. Your parents need it. They need God to intervene. They need God to help them pay the bills. They need God to help them pay for the things that they pay for you for. They need God to help them. How sweet is it that we get to partner with God in helping our parents who give everything for us? I don't care if you guys fought earlier. I don't care if you've been fighting. If you're not talking in this moment, in this moment, you can be Jesus to them right now. Even though they're not here, you can be Jesus to them by extending grace and mercy and forgiveness in this simple prayer. God, help them. I know I'm not an easy teenager to deal with, but you made me this way, right? So I want you to pray for your mom. Pray for your dad. Specifically, pray for your aunt and uncles or the cousins that don't go to church. Right now, go ahead and start doing it. Out loud, by name. By name. Pray for your parents. Pray that God helps them. Come on, out loud. When you speak words out into the air, it makes it a reality. God hears your thoughts, but there's something powerful when you open your mouth and declare God's goodness and grace over your family. It makes it a reality. It brings it into the world. did. doesn't matter how angry they are at us, oh Lord. I pray that we can show love. I pray that we can show mercy to them, oh God, like you showed mercy to us. And I pray that we can be strong and bold, Lord, like you told Joshua three times, oh God. Be strong to break the chains of our family, Lord. doesn't matter what they did in the past. We're a new generation, oh God. And I pray that we can break the bondage that they created in our homes that they create in our families, oh Lord. I pray that we could reach our cousins, that we could reach each single one of our aunts, Lord, because they need to hear the word of God, Lord. They're living foolishly. They're living recklessly because they don't know nothing about you, oh God. And I pray that we could step up in faith. We can step up for our family and for the future generations of our family, Lord, because everything that we do affects the future, oh God. And I pray, oh Lord, I pray that you can just guide each and single one of us, oh Lord. And I pray for each and single one of these students that's right in front of me, Lord. I know how it feels to be broken. I know how it feels to feel pain. Lord, I'm a living, Lord, I'm a, a living testimony to this, Lord. Even though my parents are arguing, oh God, I'm still trusting in you, Lord. I'm still believing. I'm still having faith in you, oh Lord. And I pray that these students right in front of me and the people behind me, Lord, can have faith in you that we could grow our faith in you. It doesn't matter the storms that is going all around us, Lord. All that matters is that you're with us and you'll always guide us, oh Lord. And Lord, have mercy on us. Have mercy to all the students, Lord. It could be older, it could be younger, Lord. It doesn't matter the age because you use each and single one of us. It doesn't matter. Oh Lord, you're good. And in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Riley. One more thing. One more thing. One more thing. Pastor Ariel is going to come. Can I have all my leaders just line the front? Just line the front. Just line the front. Just wiggle your way over here. Because prayer is power. And you've been praying. But now we want to pray over you. Pray God's power and anointing over you. That he would baptize you in his Holy Spirit. That you would take this out of the four walls of this church, out of the doors of this church and take it to the people that need it. I was just giving a word to Zay here that God wants to use him on his team, that God has specifically placed him and given him the gifts as a scorer to become a leader in his team. I believe that God wants to use him 
to reach his team. God wants to use you to reach people around you. But we as your leadership staff, we believe in you and we love you. And we want to pray over you because we truly believe the prayers that we pray over you, God hears it. God listens. God is working on our behalf. Pastor Ariel is going to pray. And so all my leaders, I just want you to stretch out your hands towards him. And you students, I want you to hold your hands like this. As like you're receiving something because what they're praying over you, a blessing, protection, authority, anointing, that's a gift. And you receive gifts with open arms. Come on, leaders, start praying now. Start praying now. By name. Call him by name. Lord God, I just thank you for every student that is in this place tonight. God, I thank you that you have a specific plan and purpose for their lives. A calling unique unto them, God, that's not like the person to their left or the person to their right, but specific to them, Lord. And right now, we just pray over them, God. And we pray, Lord, as they've been praying for families, for this church, God, for their schools, Lord, that, God, your power would fall on them right now to enable them to do all that you've called them to do, to be all that you've called them to be to their families, to be the light of Jesus when they walk into their schools and into their classrooms and into their friend groups, God. That, God, you would help them to be followers of Christ in this city and to draw people to this church. That they would bring fame to the name of Jesus and you would empower them by your very spirit to do it. God, may you fill them with more of your spirit to do it, we pray in Jesus' name. That, God, you would make your purpose for their lives clear to them as we've talked about it tonight. The things that you've called them to do, the anointing that you've given them, that you would help them to step out in faith to follow you, God. Give them vision for their lives. Give them clarity for the things that you've called them to do, God. May their paths be clear before them, Lord Jesus, and may favor rest on them every day of their lives, God. For they are yours, God. They are your children, your sons and your daughters. And we lift them up to you right now, God. And pray that you would cover them and mark them for Jesus. That they would do damage to the kingdom of hell. And that they would do great things for the kingdom of heaven. That God, your call on their life would be so strong. And that they would sense it, Lord. God, they are yours. They are yours, and as a leadership team, we pray, God, you would give us wisdom to know how to help them and steward them and raise them up in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, that your presence is here. Lord, there's such a sweet sense of your presence. Thank you, Lord. And now leaders and students, just stick with us for one more moment. Leaders, if you could turn around, we just want to honor our guests tonight because they came and they ministered to us, right? So would you, everyone in this room, let's stretch out our arms towards Heart Song. And we just want to pray for you guys. Thank you for being with us tonight and ministering to us because that's exactly what you did. God, thank you for this team right here, Lord. Thank you for the purposes that you have on each one of their lives, their callings, their plans, God, that you have. May you only solidify the plans that you have for them. 
May you only continue to anoint them greater, God, to do even more, to run farther, God, to run faster for you, Lord, to use them in even greater ways for the kingdom of God. Use their playing, use their voices, use the skill sets that you've given them, that everywhere that they go to minister, that God, you would use them in mighty ways. God, we pray for Dr. J, that Lord, you would even continue to use her in great ways as she leads these students, God, that Lord, everywhere that heart song goes, may they be a blessing to the people that they encounter. May they just be a strong force for the kingdom of God, that when they open up their mouths, that when they begin to play, that the chords they hit, they would literally welcome your presence in the room and bring freedom and healing and deliverance, even through the gift of worship, we pray. God, give them traveling mercies on the road. Be with them all weekend, wherever they go and all that they do. And we pray, Lord, even as they're with us here on Sunday, that you would use them in our services, God, to minister to this house and to the people that walk in this place. We thank you for each and every one of them. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So good. Again, we're so grateful to have you guys with us tonight. Right? Yes. Right? <laughs> we're, we're so thankful. We're so thankful. I don't want to do it, but I want to do it. Y'all got a fast song for us? You, you got one for us? You don't have to. You could do a little bit of my get loud.